Hey, how are you? You are here with the two Charlottes. Uh, thank you for tuning back in again. Um, today, we are going to be spilling the tea on teenagers and pressures and traumas that they go through in, you know, the day to day life, because being a teenager is pretty rough. Um, having both of us obviously have teenage children. So, you know, we see what they're going through. And Having, you know, been through it ourselves, it's been quite interesting when researching this podcast, I was talking with Grace, who's just 16, and a lot of the things that she says are, feel, are pressures that she feels are pressures that I felt, and I know that Charlotte did as well. So we thought yeah. we'd kind of start the podcast off with maybe going through a few of the things that we felt were pressures as teenagers, and, you know, how that affected teenage life, and... And yeah, so do you want to start, Charlotte? Do you want to just talk a little bit yeah, about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's crazy, really. Like becoming a teenager for me was really when I felt like my world changed a little bit and things got really, really hard. And I know that you know you you go through you you talk to your parents or you have your teachers at school, and you know that when you sort of hit puberty and that sort of age that things are going to change like that it's something that is really well documented and talked about in society however I don't think anything really prepares you for it and I can't speak to what it's like for a boy but I know growing up as a girl when I hit about probably younger than being a teenager probably when I was about 10 11 things started to change quite a lot for me Mm -hmm. um, with how I felt inside of myself and how life seemed to change for me and how much harder everything got um and when you were saying about uh grace's you know kind of pressures and the things that she thinks about now to me and you were saying it was the same as what you'd struggled with and the same for me then as well you've got 26 years ago 16 years ago and then now and it's just crazy for me how Sorry, I'm losing my voice a bit. Uh, Crazy for me how, you know, times have changed so much, but growing up as as a girl anyway, things are still very much the same. And I struggled a lot, and I know you did as well. We had very different upbringings, but we still went through very similar issues and things that I felt huge pressure on as a teenager. And I think really looking back on it it seems almost superficial because it for me it was all about how I looked how other people perceived me and whether I could fit in with them so but those problems seem so small and insignificant to me now but at that time in my life it was literally everything it was such a a a major stress for me and one of those things was absolutely my skin was a huge issue for me I've always had really oily problematic skin and when I was a teenager I just hated it I wouldn't put my face up you know I didn't want to look anyone in the eyes didn't didn't want people to look at my face I was very self-conscious about how my face looked um I I was never an overweight child I was always very active and you know skinny really but I was obsessed with my weight with wanting to be skinnier, with feeling like I was always fat. So how I looked was a huge thing. The clothes that I wore, making sure that I looked fashionable or, you know, that I looked cool and people would think that I was cool if they saw me or that they would think I was older and that I could fit in with people. I mean, I think I said to you the other day that I was never one of the cool kids at school. Mm -hmm. Like I was never one of the really popular girls, you know, I was just like everybody's friend. I was never one of the real like brainy kind of what we called the keynotes. I was never in that clique. I was never really in a particular clique. I could, you know, I was quirky anyway, so I could fit in with kind of weird people or goths and that sort of style. I liked movements or sport. I could be sporty if I wanted to, you know, I could sit down and pretty much chat to anyone had a couple of really really good friends while I was going through school but a lot of my teenage years were spent obsessing about how I looked and how other people would perceive me and that was a huge source of stress and then I think what added to my own difficulties and my own insecurities was that my home life was going through turmoil as well so I had nowhere to just kind of be 
to just feel safe and secure. Um, I left home when I was a teenager. My home life before I left home was, I think I said this to you the other day, it was like, I felt like I was always walking on eggshells at home. I never knew when the next explosion was coming. I felt like no matter how hard I tried to do the right thing or be a good kid at home, I was always the one that was getting shouted at or blamed for something. My mum my and dad were going through their own issues. So the tension between them was awful. I mean, me and my brother, my sister's a good bit younger than me, so she didn't really talk so much. But me and my brother used to hate mum and dad being in the house together at the same time because... If it was just mum, she'd be happier. If it was just dad, he'd be happier. But if it was the two of them, there'd be arguments and tension and shouting. And I can remember having to go downstairs at nighttime and tell my mum and dad to just shut up because my brother and sister were crying in my bed again because they were arguing. And it was a really toxic environment in my home. And, you know, back then as well, though, there was a lot of parents that probably felt they should stay together for the kids. Like, I can remember one of my friend's parents getting divorced and it was like the first parents that had broken up and it was huge. It was just like, Oh my God, we were all so worried. And then we all started, this was at primary school and we all started getting worried. Like what if it's our parents next, you know? And it was like, Oh my God, even though we didn't want them in the house at the same time together, we didn't want them to separate. Whereas now like blended families, single parents, separated parents. I mean, it's just so normal that in a way it's kind of weird if, if your parents are still together it, you know <laughs> it is actually it's one of those things like when you actually still you hear of people that have got multiple kids together they've been together for 15 20 30 years you sit there and you're like wow like how did that even happen because <laughs> yeah. divorce is such a thing and like separation is such a thing because I think we're all really aware that environments are what breed happy or unhappy children and you have to sometimes think is it better just to you know put the kids through this for the sake of the fact that they can say that their parents are together or should their parents separate and then they get the best of both worlds and they get two happy homes rather than one toxic one yeah and you know it's it's not like it's not a taboo subject these days it's I think that brings it to what we have been saying a lot as well in these you know in our research talks and our discussions about these things is that people are much more open about how they feel these days and Mm -hmm. less worried about the whole stiff upper lip the children should be seen and not heard or you shouldn't discuss you know your emotions and you shouldn't talk about how you feel and and I think where we've we've grown on from that and even what we were saying as well about uh, how mental health is becoming such a more open subject to talk about than, than what it was when we were young. It was, again, another one of those like really taboo things that you just sweep under the carpet a little bit and try and hide and cover up rather than openly talk about it. And I think that as we are evolving, um, we're starting to realise that you know, people do change the way you feel can change. And it's perfectly okay to be happy and to not just stay in the situation that you're in because, you know, you got married when you were in your twenties and thought that, you know, everything would be perfect for the rest of your life. And, and I'm, you know, it's great that it's like that for some people, but it is not like, I mean, God, (laughs) heaven help me if I was still with the same person I was with when I was 20. (laughs) yeah yeah me too actually (laughs) to be honest (laughs) so uh, it's just crazy that I'm 20 seems so young to me now I just don't think a 20 year old is capable of making a decision a a decision that would you know last them for life yeah no I agree that so few life experiences had at that age 100% 100% I still don't think I'm capable of making life-changing decisions no. now same. <laughs> same and I'm nearly 42 I mean <laughs> yeah. I'm still trying to learn here <laughs> so um yeah so I suppose my insights into my past was when I talk about it now um it does come across to me with you know a, a lot of vanity but I suppose at that age I didn't know who I was at all. I was just trying to fit in. So my sense of self was not there. 
So the only thing I had to really go on, I suppose, was how I looked and and the situations around me and how I felt. And I felt like I was walking through a minefield when I was in my teenagers, mm. like teenage era. You know, my, my as I said, my home life was completely all over the place um, and volatile is probably a word I would use to describe it. So there was no safety net at home for me. Um, school again I was just starting secondary school that's a big transition to make yeah um, and the years going through secondary school with no stability at home to feel you know safe and comforted in with I didn't feel like I could talk to my parents openly really I just I knew that they had stuff going on between them that they argued about when we were in bed that they didn't you know, talk to, they didn't trust us to talk to us about what was going on in their lives. There wasn't um, an awful lot of give and take there. I didn't really feel like I knew them. I felt like I had to be strong for my brother and sister. I'm the oldest out, out of us all. So home was a whole different ball game. I mean, that was, like I said, walking on eggshells and, and no real security or comfort there. I had no real sense of self. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just wanted people to like me and I just wanted to fit in and I just wanted to feel like I belonged somewhere really I think is what I was searching for a sense of belonging and the only way I knew to do that was to fit in with other people. So other people would you know think I was pretty or think I was attractive or you know be like me for some reason there had to be a reason for them to like me and I didn't understand probably that you know me being a good person was a good enough reason for people to like me because I think at that age your people don't think like that you know I knew I didn't want to be a naughty person I wasn't a naughty kid I always tried to do the right thing and help people but I didn't see that as a attribute that would help other people want to like me it was it was very much based on what you looked like what clothes you wore did you wear makeup or not did you have cool hair you know those were the things that everybody went by at school and weirdly enough those are the things that are on the list of stuff when I was talking to Grace it's all about how you look how you act what you like what you wear on you know non-uniform days the way you talk who are your friends like and obviously you know the big massive subject around all teenage girls is body image and that's probably yeah. worse now and I do I think we could probably do an entire podcast on body image, on body image. And how influencers and social media just uh, make life so difficult but like I think a lot of those things it's mad that it's still the same stuff you know the same stuff yeah. that you were feeling and like a lot of the things that when I was kind of sitting down to do the research on on this podcast with you, a lot of the stuff that I was writing down is all very similar. You know, yeah. like I we did have two completely different upbringings, but, you know, when I was 13, I lost my dad and that just flipped my entire home life. So my little safe, comfortable bubble of, you know, what I thought was happiness and joy all the time wasn't there anymore and everything yeah. was different, everything was like I didn't like it it was you know darker upset yeah it was a darker place to be you know and that meant that I was like I didn't know who I was anymore because all of a sudden everything I did know wasn't there it was different you know we had different conversations were happening in the house different people were in the house we had to move because we couldn't stay where we were you know there was a lot more like conflict and stuff happening with you know other family members and and all this kind of stuff so it just became this like different place and I think you know and I'm not like I'm not pointing blame to anyone in this situation because you know like nobody knows how you're going to handle losing your husband until it happens so there's no like I'm not pointing blame in my mum's direction at all for how I felt after dad died because nobody prepares you for that situation no one's going to be like right this is how you're going to feel and this is how you're going to act when your partner dies and you've got two kids to bring up by yourself so you just and grief is so hard to navigate and it's so messy and it's so different Mm. everybody so Mm. Like there's no blame there, but that for me, I think was definitely the like turning point of 
not knowing who I was anymore. So therefore being overly critical about everything and anything because I wanted to build this new support network of amazing friends that think I'm so cool and so funny and like the most attractive person because that's what it's it is really superficial isn't it when you're it really that's the word I was looking for yeah it really is it's so superficial I I don't think there's any um real navigating away from that I think it is almost like a rite of passage that you have to go through it's something that we all seem to have gone through yeah even still looking at you know what it's like to be a teenager now they're all going through the same things yeah so I do think you're right in the sense that it is like a rite of passage you have to go through this really superficial level because now I don't care what I look like I don't care what other people think of me I will more than happily go and drop Grace off at oh Christ 100 hours for a school trip in my pajamas and not even care like yeah you (laughs) realize how early in the morning it is you're lucky (laughs) I have anything on okay yeah I couldn't care I'm a hundred percent down with that I mean I'll go gone are the days where I had to put makeup on before I left the house and style my hair Gosh, I don't even no. wear makeup to go to work. I literally put yeah. mascara on and a bit of bronzer. And and that's it. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, the last time I wore proper makeup was my Christmas party in December. Before that was in the summer. Like, yeah. I don't have that kind of insecurities anymore, but you definitely yeah. do when you're a kid. Oh, and yeah, without a doubt. I think, yeah. You know, for me, it was definitely like I had to fit in. So I had to do what other people were doing. And yeah. If I wanted friends, I had to, you know, wear the clothes they were wearing, you know, like listen to the music they were listening to, you know, dress the same way, you know, do the things they were doing. And that did kind of lead me down a bit of a dark path because, you know, you start thinking, I'll just do what these people are doing. And then you end up in certain situations. And yeah, like for me, one of those things, especially as a teenager in school, and this is something I'm not overly proud of like I'm not proud of it at all actually now that I'm a grown person but one of the things I did do to fit in was become a bully and yeah that's something I'm really not proud of and I bullied one person in particular so badly that she left school and like that actually like it hurts me when I think about it now because I think about like if that was grace her going to school feeling the way that this poor girl did because like I was bullying her but it was because you know I wanted to fit in and other people were bullying so I thought well I'll just do that and I was also very angry at the point at that point because my dad had died and if I was angry and upset I wanted everybody around me to be angry and upset because that's just teenage logic is I feel bad so you're gonna feel bad about it too yeah (laughs) yeah it it turned me into a really horrible person which I'm really not proud of now but it it, you know just goes to show that the pressures of being a teenager will make you do things you probably wouldn't do oh 100 situations yeah teenagers are very easily led astray Mm. um and you know I when when you told me that you were actually a bully at school my first response was obviously I couldn't imagine you being a bully if if you gave me a million pounds I still can't picture it but again I was like also I found it really interesting to hear that perspective from someone I mean I told you the story, my my brother was bullied horribly at school and I would always step in and fight the bullies and it was boys and I thought nothing of kicking a boy in the nuts or punching. <laughs> I punched one boy um, in the face and broke his glasses and I nearly got suspended from primary school for that. But because I was sticking up for my brother, you know, there was mitigating circumstances, shall we say, but I had no worries about that sort of thing. Now, I'm not saying that I didn't ever have a day at school where I fell out with people or people didn't call me names or something like that, but I was never, I never had to go into school worrying about a bully. Yeah. Um, I just, I I didn't have that. I mean, like I said, obviously I had days when I was like, oh, well, I haven't spoken to 
so-and-so and she's been friendly with someone else and she might not speak to me in the playground but that's that's part of life and I think that's quite you know, normal, very think, very it? yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's very and I don't know about boys I haven't really experienced this with my son uh but with my daughter it was it seemed like every day she'd fallen out with one person and made friends with another person and oh. as a first-time mum going through that with her I am not really ashamed to say that I involved myself in several of those arguments until I realized how pointless it was <laughs> and yeah. uh, I just you know I left it after a while but I don't know how many parents I came at with an attitude that I shouldn't have had because she, she was falling out with whoever and then the next day she'd say can so and so come over and I'm like oh my days I've just gone and had a go at their parents Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's no way they're coming over now (laughs) and that's when I learned like okay girls is a different ball game to boys boys I I mean as well I don't know if it's because my son is just so much more relaxed about everything um or if that's a boy thing I don't know never having been a boy and being a first-time boy mum to a teenager it's all new territory again with me but I did find it interesting to hear you know, your viewpoints, like from from the viewpoint of a, someone who was a bully, and it really brings home that phrase that we hear so often, which is hurt people hurt people. Yeah, and I could not agree more with that sentence because like, at that time, I was so hurting because I was also, you know, going through what we thought at the time was just grief but it was also like the start of my mental health conditions and all of that piled into one it was like you know I didn't I wasn't happy I wasn't happy with me I wasn't happy with my life I wasn't happy I thought everything was really unfair so I had to like reflect that onto somebody and and unfortunately this this poor girl got the got the brunt of it but I did make my amends because she left the school and then I found out we were going to the same sick form so by that point obviously we'd had a few years I'd started therapy I was medicated and started becoming a nicer human being and I did find her and reach out to her and apologize and then we we were friends for a really really long time after that so I made my amends in the end but it definitely was because I was hurting. I had to hurt people. You had to hurt other people. Yeah. And I I really feel we talked a lot about this the other day, um, that where it is the responsibility, I feel, of a school or mm. the, the care centre or wherever the children are or the teenagers are, if they're in a youth cafe or anywhere like that, I do really feel that it's important that the people who are responsible for them in those situations are monitoring things like this. And like we always say, when, I mean, when I was at school, the victim maybe got some support, but it would take a lot of intervention from the parents to get help for bullying. And quite often it was left unchecked. But I also strongly believe that the child that is doing the bullying needs help as well yeah um and i i always believe that children's behavior is a reflection of where they are uh, mentally where they are physically as well and i think that children that are hurting are going to lash out in particular ways and that could be bullying So a child that is maybe being bullied at home or going through a hard time and can't talk to the people that they have at home, they, I believe it's your responsibility as a caregiver to provide that help and support. And I know I'm I'm not saying the victim doesn't need help and support as well. Of course they do, but there does need to be a lot of measures in place to look out for children that are, are behaving in this way as well. Because from my experience, and I wasn't bullied, uh, Max, has been a little bit um so from my experience from that and and obviously my brother as well um my experience from those situations has shown that the people doing the bullying were not in a good situation at home and needed someone to reach out and help them yeah so because of that it leads me and because of your experience as well it leads me to believe that people that are in those positions children particularly are not (laughs) I don't believe you're born bad. I just, I don't believe that. And, I don't uh, I, I believe it's it's what we're around. And, you know, you, like 
you are a product of your environment. And we know that even as we grow older, you become the sum of the, the five people or so that you spend the most time with. So those kind of behaviors are obviously learned behaviors and they're obviously there for a reason. And I think it is the duty of caregivers of children to make sure that they're watching out for these kind of things and helping. Again, what we talked about in our, our first podcast, when we talked about how beneficial it would be to introduce into school systems, um, like a class to help with feelings of anxiety and fear and upset this sort of thing if it's addressed even at primary school age would go so far into helping the problem with bullying the problem with pressures that we feel as teenagers body image self-image self-love I think it's really important in this day and age that we are looking at the emotional and spiritual well-being of our children at yeah. every step of the way and we know from what we went through your you went through something horrific at a teenage a, a very impressionable teenage era of your life where things are so hard anyway you went through something that literally ripped your entire world apart and you know is something that nobody would ever want anyone to have to experience at such a young age and grief is one of the most intense things that you could possibly go through at any age you know of someone that close to you let alone at such a, a young impressionable age and for me myself uh you know being kicked out of my parents home the the kind of violent circumstances in in what I had to left and like you I'm not putting blame onto anyone I I I just think it was obviously a very hard situation for my parents to be in with what they were going through with themselves and with me um, with undiagnosed ADHD. And like I said to you before, I think a bit of autistic mm. spectrum as well. My own uh, flare, flare ups, I suppose, or meltdowns and everything I was going through, a brother and sister as well that were younger. And obviously, even though, when I was younger, I honestly felt like my parents had the answer to everything and knew everything because they seemed to, you know, manage the house and do everything. Yeah. But obviously now being older, I can see that they clearly did not know everything. <laughs> no, because no, you think you're going to get to be an adult and all of a sudden you're just going to know everything. Life is sorted. I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I blamed them for a really long time. I did. I, I harbored a lot of resentment towards my parents for everything and, and, the way I felt like I was treated but I I don't feel blame particularly for them now I I just feel that there was a lot of misunderstanding um and you know and and like we said because of that because of the lack of understanding that was around even though our our lives were very different they led us to very similar situations where mental health was a big problem. Outside uh, influences, mm. you know, led us down paths that we might not have gone down had we felt safe and secure in who we are as people and in ourselves. Mm. And, um, you know, a lot of years of body image issues and self-image issues and confidence issues that kind of stemmed from that teenage era. Yeah. I definitely think, you know, a lot of because even it's probably only really for me been over maybe like the last 10 years, maybe that I've become more comfortable in who I am as a person. Like, you know, there are still like I'm not perfect. You know, there are still times where I look in the mirror and I'm like, Jesus Christ, what am I working with here? Like, <laughs> you know, or I think, my God, Charlotte, eat a salad. Like, you know, stop eating chocolate and eat a yeah. salad. Like, there are still those times, but I'm so not as hard on myself now as I used to be. And I don't feel the need to overcompensate by, you know, being the one at the party that drinks the most because you're overcompensating and you're trying to be that girl that they all talk about being like oh my god you know she drank so much or you know she did this and she did that like you don't I don't feel the need to be that person anymore yeah because but when you're a teenager you definitely feel the need to be that person or at least I did 
to be yeah the need to try and impress people yeah even any way them in completely the wrong way like it is not cool to drink yourself into oblivion at 15 like that's not okay (laughs) you know I was like well that's what I'm going to do because then people are going to be talking about how cool I am because and people will like me yeah and people will want to hang around me yeah they'll invite me to all the parties because I'll be the fun one that everyone wants to invite so yeah yeah it's but you know I think it's something you never and like you know this might be it might be true for men as well but I know for women it's something you never really grow out of is like having those insecurities and feeling those worries but I think as you get older you become less bothered by them oh yeah absolutely I mean I 100% agree with what you're saying. When I was younger, and I'm going to go so far as to say that, yeah, this started in my teens, but it carried on throughout my 20s as well, for sure. The desire to be liked and to fit in Mm -hmm. and to feel like I belong somewhere. And even into my 30s, to be honest. And like very much like you, it's only been in the last kind of 10 years or so that I've really got to grips with who I am as a person and that I have learned to be kinder to myself. I still have a lot of times when I look in the mirror and think, oh, how did how did I become so gross today and yesterday yeah. I thought that it looked all right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know what happened overnight oh my days um I still have moments like that but I do I have it has been a gradual kind of realization I think as I've as I've got older and I've navigated through a lot of the past you know and I've come to a place of acceptance for what I had to go through what I experienced the way I felt the you know the situations I ended up in and the people I ended up around that weren't the best people for me but I still learned a lot from those situations yeah and I never want my children to have to experience that I really don't no Um, and I feel like my experience of that is going to be pivotal in how I'm bringing them up and and even to the extent of my son when I asked him what was what what are your worries growing up as a teenager today and he said to me nothing I haven't got any worries really I don't know maybe what phone I've got (laughs) which is so great he's so and I think maybe because you know I'm he's ASD as well maybe he sees things a little bit differently to uh you know to girls obviously he's a boy he's going to see things differently to girls and maybe it's not the same for boys I really do not know but I just want to make sure that he always feels valued that he has a voice and that he has a strong sense of who he is and I think that I've succeeded in that with him but it's only because of the things that I've learned I don't want to do yeah. as a parent and, you know? I'm, and it's- I'm exactly the same with with Grace like I don't want yeah. her to ever have to kind of experience the stuff that I went through and go down those kind of paths and I'm trying really hard to kind of instill in her now you know like being really open and transparent and talking about things in a really kind of matter of fact way so that she feels like she has that safe secure little bubble that she can come into so she can be the kind of person she wants to be because she has a even if she feels unsafe at school in the sense that she does have those pressures of how do I look and what am I wearing and who are my friends she knows she can come home to a really safe bubble where she can be who she wants to be and I do also say to her so many times when we have these you know oh so and so said this and now I'm not talking to so and so because of this I'm like it's so irrelevant like yeah you're not going to talk to those people in 10 years time like you're really not and you know it's going to be so irrelevant and even if you are like I do know people that are still friends with their primary school best friend but even if you are the fallouts you have at school are going to be so inconsequential to the rest of your life yeah you really have to try not to give so much energy to to that small part of your life and I think for, I know for me anyway, maybe for you as well, but when we were teenagers, it was so important what we did at school. Mm. I mean, even for my mum and dad saying to me, you have to do well in your exams, you have to do, and 
it seemed like the weight of the world was really on my shoulders. Like I oh, had yeah. to perform. I had to get the good grades. I had to make sure people liked me. The pressure was just constantly, you know, there. And it was really hard to deal with, especially yeah. with feeling so, you know, out of my depth in myself as well and, and not not trusting who I was as a person or knowing, like, can I can I actually make a decision now for the rest of my life? And obviously looking back, that's a ridiculous thought to have. I mean, how could a teenager know what they want to do for the rest of their life and have any clue as to what direction they're going in? And why were those pressures put on us in the first place? I, I, you know, I love the fact that my son loves going to school. He's interested in what he's learning. He, you know, he has a really good grasp over everything that he's doing, but I am the same as you. And I always tell him, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Like this is an important time of your life for you to just figure out a bit of who you are and what you like and just have fun, you know, just have fun with your learning, focus on the things that you're really interested in. And at the end of the day, you can always learn. You can go back to school. You can go back to college. You can do anything that you want to do at any point of time in your life. School is not, the beginning and the end of your life there's so much more out there and I just want him to you know get through this part of his life where he can then move on for the rest of his life because I feel like for me and I think yours is probably the same as well we've spent pretty much up until now trying to undo a lot of the trauma and damage that was done when we were teenagers so for me it's been years and years of of therapy, of self-healing, of counseling, of learning, you know, to love myself, of helping myself heal from the PTSD, from, you know, the violence that I experienced at a young age, the abandonment issues that I had from a young age, from, you know, being kicked out of, of my parents' home. And all of those different things I felt took a massive toll on me. And, you know, it, it took me years to come through that and and be at peace with those sorts of things so that I could move on with my life. And then when I, you know, I hear then of, of other people that I was at school with that have gone on to live these really great successful lives. And I think that's so cool because they obviously had that, you know, solid foundation, foundation to build from. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really important that when you have experienced teenage trauma, you use that um, in a positive way to help other teenagers even if you don't have kids, you can use your experiences to help point kids in the right direction and not, you know, kind of waste years of their life trying to resolve what they experienced as a teenager. Because I, I I, did feel very angry for a lo- long time that I had to spend so long fixing myself before I could really do anything with my life. And um, that's not a good, you know, that's not a healthy way to be in adulthood trying to fix the years of teenage trauma. So, yeah, one thing that I want to kind of add on to that is, you know, Grace is doing her GCSEs at the moment um, and we're looking at colleges and all of, you know, what she wants to do and where she wants to go. And and actually she has a pretty solid idea of what she wants to do, um, which is great. But, you know, I don't want her to feel like she's under immense pressure to do all of these things, um, because, you know, like you said, you can always come back and relearn and things like that but part of me also doesn't like I want her to do the best that she can because that's all you can do you can only do the best in something but I just I don't want her to have to struggle to get to where she wants to be because I basically failed all of my GCSEs except like one and I did I went to sick form and tried to do my maths and English GCSEs again and failed again so just gave up and went to work but it meant that I had to do so many really rubbish, boring jobs to get the work experience to actually do anything that makes any decent money. And as much as I enjoy my job, it probably isn't what I sat and thought about doing when I was younger. Mm. So, you know, I don't want to put the pressure on Grace to be like, you know, you have to do this, there's no other option. But also I want her to know that it will be a lot harder if she goes the other way. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't want to make it so that they go, oh, I don't have to do anything. I can just cruise through. Yeah. This doesn't matter. But at the same time, you don't want them to be like pulling their hair out and suffering with depression and anxiety because they're so stressed Stress. about their yeah. results that they think that the, the world will literally end if they don't pass. It's, yeah. it's, a fine it's that line. balance, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's that it really real is. fine line between being like, look, you know, do the best you can do. Yeah. And if you still don't get what you need to get, there are options. Yeah. But you need to. Yeah. It's that kind of fine line between not doing anything, which is what I did and doing so much that you become really stressed. But I think the reason that I chose to do the complete polar opposite is not only do you have the school putting the pressure on you, but I went to private school. So my mum paid for my education. Well, yeah. I had this like hanging over me that my mum was paying thousands of pounds a term for me to go to school. Wow. So you have that pressure and then you have the school putting pressure on you because also yeah. they're a private school, so they can't have someone. They want the results. It's like, mm. that's like <laughs> not done. <laughs> um, so then I just was like, no, I'm just not doing anything. <laughs> like, I can't huge overwhelm and was like no 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 we're okay Mm -hmm. I'm just not gonna go today that's fine (laughs) um but yeah it's it's that kind of balance isn't it you don't want to put the massive pressure on but you you know it's really tough like it is really it is tough it is really tough and as hard as it is for the kids it's very hard for a parent as well especially Mm -hmm. I think especially when you've had um traumatic experiences in your teenage life that make you you know question so much as you're growing up as well it it really is a lot of responsibility as a parent as well as as a teenager but then I suppose that is that's our jobs and that's what we're here for and we're here to try and guide our kids in the right path but like you say and with with teenagers as well you know I don't know how Grace is but Max is very literal so I really have to be careful how I word things to him because if I say to him, look, you don't have to worry, he'll go, okay, I don't have to worry. Yeah. And then not do anything and just switch. Yeah. 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 So it's really a fine line of encouraging. And I'm a big believer in encouragement. Like I love, you know, praising good work and encouraging and showing that off and making him feel like, you know, really good about what he's done because it makes him want to do better and want to do more. So I'm a big believer in that, but I'm also a big believer in finding the things that he really enjoys and he really likes and that for him at the moment is creative writing and art those are subjects that he really comes alive in so finding those things that he enjoys and then helping him develop the things that he enjoys keeps him interested in learning Mm. and the same as you like Max is just going up to secondary school this year so there's a big transition happening yeah there for him and we've managed so far touch wood we've managed to keep it you know pretty exciting and and he's been up to the school that he's going to a few times and he's seen the teachers and he's been into the classrooms and he's seen a lot of the work that gets done and at the moment he's really excited because he is very intelligent and uh, he is like a sponge for the things that he wants to know about so he does like learning so it's great to be able to encourage that and and help him do that but also like what what we've spoken about is giving them that sense of self-confidence and that safety net at home like I know that you are such a good mom to Grace and Darcy and that you know that they're, they're such happy kids they're so well-rounded and you can really see that you know you've brought them up to have a really strong sense of self and a, a sense of self-belief and safety at home and I think the ways that we've been doing that with our kids the ways that we've navigated um, parenting and those things I've always been very open with Max and I know you're the same yeah. and I've always been a big fan of discussing emotions financial situations anything like that because it was never spoken about when I was a kid it was hushed conversations when we were in bed and arguments that we could hear glimpses of so we knew there were problems but we didn't know what the problems were mm-hmm. you know and it it didn't make you feel safe it made you feel scared that things were happening that you didn't know about we weren't taught how to you know manage money or anything like that money was just something that 
we had as long as we didn't pay the bills and we hid from the people that were knocking on the door to get their money you know so that was another kind of bad thing that I learned you can go shopping at the weekend if you hide from the bills and don't pay them um (laughs) even something like that just didn't you know that that took a long time to unlearn and to get some sort of financial stability in my life um and then things like you know emotions and talking about how we felt and stuff like that we that didn't happen you know that that didn't happen there was no safety at home with things like that it was never I never felt like I could just go and sit down and talk to my mum and dad about how I felt if I was feeling insecure upset about anything I was always told not to be so bloody stupid and to just get on with it you know stop being a drama queen that was a huge thing stop being a drama queen Charlotte just go and get on with it just get on with it and um I don't, I don't want my kids to grow up feeling like that. Like I, I, we, you know, every day we sit down at the table and talk about like what happened. And if he'll say like, oh, you know, so-and-so did this and he he tripped me up. And I'm always saying to him, like, how did that make you feel? Mm -hmm. And he's like, fine. You know, I'm like, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to talk about anything? You know, you can talk to me about anything. And we are very open with Max and talk to him about every important decision we have to make as a family. Um, you know, again, with finances, if we have enough money at the end of the month, right, we can either save it, we can do this, or we could get a takeaway, or, you know, what would you like to do? It's like he's involved in everything, because he is involved in everything. And yes, I believe there's some things that you shouldn't talk to your children about, obviously. But I do believe that at his age, and obviously at Grace's age as well, they are well capable of understanding what it takes to run a house you know what it takes to talk about your emotions and how you feel and to be confident in yourself and to be well-rounded and I love to try and inspire a sense of confidence in him like he'll put some clothes on and he'll walk out his room and I'm like Max you look really good today I don't ever remember my parents saying that to me no I remember Charlotte you look a mess in those trousers go and put something nice on or you know never that I look nice so even something that small like Matt and he's like oh yeah thanks mum you know gets a little bit of swagger in his step yeah and I think <laughs> and, that's so important it's I think yeah. it's so, so important to encourage the good yeah in what your kids yeah. are doing. like you know I think it's really you know I think it's really good that you're encouraging Max to do the things he actually enjoys doing at school because yeah kids really really struggle with school so if there is particular topics and subjects that they're really good at you know like Grace on is them. an incredible artist like she is yeah. amazing at art unfortunately art GCSE is not for her because it's all very much copying what other people are doing there's no yeah. personal style so she struggles with it a little bit but like when she does any drawings that she does you know that always like throwing loads of praise in that direction yeah and you know yeah if she you know we go somewhere and she dresses up and she looks really nice it's like you know making sure that she feels that confidence within herself yeah is really important because I and seeing that in a 16 year old girl is Mm -hmm. it's rare really it is because they're so insecure anyway so boosting that is so it's so such a small thing but it goes so far to someone's own mental image of themselves and how they feel 100% because like Grace has no reason to be insecure like she's so she's taller than me so she's got to be like nearly 5'10". Yeah, she, a size 10 and <laughs> you know like there's nothing of her she's yeah. gorgeous and a really lovely person and a really yeah. and a great big sister like she's got nothing she's to got be it all going on about, but yet she goes oh but mum I've got hip dips and I'm like so do I they're hereditary <laughs> I didn't even know what a hip dip was when I was 16 <laughs> no. and I'm like it's fine they're hereditary so do I and so does your nonna <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can always find something can't there's you? always something so yeah I'm mm. really into like positive reinforcement and I even yeah. Darcy like she's two 
and we're potty training at the moment, when she goes on the toilet and she's not had any accidents, Grace and I are like jumping around in the house and shouting yeah. like this yeah. is amazing. Like yeah. you're so good. And even now she gets on the toilet and if she's dry, she goes, I'm dry, no accidents. <laughs> she gets really excited about it. It's a really good way to help kids, you know, grow yeah. in confidence and just feel mm. safe and, and happy. And I am someone who any little thing, like if I go through something with Max um, or I know something like puberty and things like that are coming up, I am Googling, you know, supports, advice, chats. I'm looking for things that he can read through as well. Yeah. That I can read through. How do I deal with this? Okay. So, you know, this, this situation is happening. How do I deal with, um, you know, my, my son telling me silly fibs instead. Like if I say to him, did you eat all the cheese? He'll go, uh, what? And I know that means, yeah, he ate all yeah. the cheese, but for some reason he just can't say it. He's like, no, no, I don't remember. I'm like, Max, just say you ate it all. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's then, like, it's not a big deal. It's really yeah. not the end of the world. Like, I have, I have to be able to trust you. And he's like, yeah, but I think I might get told off if I say, yeah. And I'm like, no, all I'm going to say to you is, can you please write it down that you ate it all? Yeah. So that when I go and do the shopping, because in my head, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we've got that. We've got this. We've got that. And I don't buy it. And then I come back. I'm like, who ate all the cheese? Or why don't you tell me there's no toothpaste? Then he's like, oh, I thought I'd be in trouble. Why? I'm like, when have I ever shouted at you for brushing your teeth? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's (laughs) so crazy that because Grace does do things like that. Like, yeah, obviously, Darcy, not so much. She's two. So, yeah, she's a maniac 24 seven. But like grace does things like that and like i think my situation with grace is slightly different because i've come into like full-time parenting with her when she was 14 because you know she was with her dad for a really huge chunk of her life so i've come in at probably the worst time but also the best time (laughs) yeah because you know she is like self-sufficient and independent and you know we can have those kind of conversations but yeah sometimes those little things that I'm just like oh my god why are you doing that like why yeah why do you do these things yeah so (laughs) like I I actually google things like that and I'm like what's the best way to deal with this because obviously it's it's frustrating for me but I don't want him like if he's already scared to tell me yeah why is he scared to tell like and you know so I'll look for advice on that is it something I'm doing wrong no this is just teenagers this is what teenagers do they're so self-absorbed that they just focus on them and their immediate vicinity and and that's you know something that I I am aware of but it still can be frustrating so navigating those kind of things I'm so blessed touch word that um you know he hasn't got any temper issues or you know anything like that there isn't anything else going on that I have to worry about um like I said he is ASD but what I call we call them his maxisms and like you know when he was seeing the psychiatrist and going through that they were like how have you managed all these years do you know what I mean how have you managed on your own without the extra support and we we just said like we just have it's mm-hmm. not like it's our life it's just how we've grown together and you know max needs this 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 and this extra so we just do, it's not something that we've ever questioned no you know, it's, it's just not part something of your life yeah so like I you know I said to the psychiatrist it's not been a case of managing it's just been Max like it's just part of him and what makes him his quirky little self so we've just you know managed but I am blessed that he doesn't have you know any self-harm tendencies or tendencies of of harming other people or anything like that to contend with so um, on one hand I think maybe he's just a really easy child yeah you know and he's like when things are all safe and secure for him, he is really easy. But maybe it is how we've brought him up as well. But I like think those, so. yeah. So those kind of so small... open with him about everything. Yeah, you get him to talk about his feelings as much as yeah. you talk about your own, and you yeah. in part of every decision you make and every discussion you have, he's just as important and just a part of it he probably doesn't feel like he needs to lash out in any other way yeah he has that you know what we were saying we were lacking is that really safe bubble at home yeah yeah seen he's heard he's loved he's included he's understood even with 
his you know additional needs you understand him you get him you give him what he needs yeah and I think that's really important and we value his input yeah and that comes from I think kids that go through trauma then heal then parent I think that's where that comes because I'm very much the same with Grace and I will be with Darcy as we come up through the years with her you know like like I said before, see, my situation with Grace is very different and that's a, a whole podcast in itself. But yeah, when she came over here, we did have to do a lot of reworking stuff with her. You know, yeah. it's not my story to tell, it's hers. But she obviously did go through a lot of what we call trauma over the years of yeah. being with her dad. So we had yeah. to work and unlearn quite a lot of stuff quite quickly so that she has that now safe secure bubble here where she feels she can talk about how she feels she can be open she can be who she wants to be and yeah we still have moments where we clash with each other because yeah she's 16 and I'm trying to learn how to parent a 16 year old (laughs) yeah actually sometimes I feel like I'm still 16 (laughs) yeah exactly so we do still clash but we find a lot of common ground where we can sit down and have these open conversations and I can say this is how I feel when you do this when you do this this is how it makes me feel and vice versa like she can do the same like she can say you know I feel this way because of this you know like I feel insecure because of this and then we can come up with a solution together and you know but that goes for all conversations we're very much the same kind of parents as as you are with I talk to Grace about our finances we make decisions together if it's going to be a tight month because we've had lots of birthdays then I tell her and say look you know it's going to be a tight month this month it's going to be hard please don't ask me for anything because I'm hating the fact I'm going to have to say no but we'll be able to do this and this after you know you know it's going to be a really expensive month because of x y and z so is there anything else we need to get like you know money's going to come in next week is there anything you need like we have those conversations and I think it's really important because again you know obviously my upbringing was different to yours but I always just thought that money was just always there it was always a thing like whether it be a good or a bad thing my mum very rarely said no to anything ever and you know whether that was her coping mechanism for the fact that it was just her now when we were growing up but you know it was always a yep you can have that mum can I have this yeah sure can we get a takeaway yeah sure you know we'd always it was always a thing but I knew how bad it actually was until I'm now older and we have these conversations and we actually yeah. talk about it. And I know more about her finances now than I ever did when we lived under the same roof. And she doesn't even live in the same country as me. anymore. <laughs> and I know more about her life now than I did then, which is mental. And Grace is growing up having a really good understanding of, you know, the financial burden of running a house as well, Yeah. rather than growing up completely clueless and oblivious Unaware. to it. Because I don't know about you, but when I left home, that that was a very hard learning curve for me. Yeah. I the had financial no running of a house. No, yeah, me neither. No Absolutely idea zero do. idea. You know, I just I knew that when the tax man used to come around, we used to hide. So and then mum used to take us shopping and buy things that she wanted, but we wouldn't pay the bill. And there was always arguments about why hasn't this bill been paid? Why isn't that bill been paid? But you've just spent like a hundred quid on face cream. (laughs) (laughs) Why have the kids all got brand new Barbie dolls, but none of the bills have been paid. And, you know, we nearly lost our house when I was a kid. Um, And grandma and granddad had to step in. And then when I left home and got my own house, I had no control over my spending I just I didn't pay my bills the same as mum and brought things I wanted and then you know I nearly lost my home my grandma and granddad had to step in and pay my rent and uh, my council tax because those things did not get paid and I had a a water bill for over 500 pounds and you know that was quite a high water bill at the time we're talking like 20 years ago now um a a rent bill of two and a half grand where I hadn't paid my rent council tax bill piling up Mm. and I I had to learn how to manage my money my grandma had to step in and teach me how to manage money um and I I think 
having an understanding on these kind of things as you're a teenager and growing up goes a long way into that. I don't know, like with, with you, you could ask your mom for something and she'd say yes. A lot of things we would ask for and our parents would say no, and that would build resentment because mm. I don't know why they were saying no. Other like kids why? got stuff. Yeah. Why? Why can't we have that? You know, and just you just can't. Mm. But why? I've been good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> and it's why? that like that's why I think it's so important that to build because I think everything stems from your home life. So yeah. if you're in a home life where you have your uh, the issues or ups and downs or you know anything that isn't that kind of safe secure bubble, that's when it stems into a lot of things. So being really transparent with emotions I think are really important especially when oh, yeah. we're talking about teenagers I think it's yeah. really really important to make sure you are discussing emotions and yeah. honoring how they feel about things even yeah. though sometimes I'm sat there thinking oh Jesus is that really <laughs> upsetting you like come on now <laughs> yeah <laughs> in their world it's like the biggest thing and yeah being able to be able to talk about it openly and have those frank discussions and know the ins and outs of things yeah just and to know like it's perfectly acceptable to be frustrated it's okay yeah. to get angry sometimes and like even with max a big thing is it's okay to cry mm. just because you're a boy doesn't mean that you can't get sad you I know i think the boys that's more important than that's girls. a really big thing at the moment yeah. he gets frustrated and he and i'm and i'm like why are you what's the matter why are you making that face he's like i'm not gonna cry and i'm like you can cry yeah, <laughs> like it's out. okay it's okay you know <laughs> you're just a kid like it's okay to get upset and feel sad and you know you don't mm-hmm. have to be a man all, all the time, time. What, what you think a man is you know yeah it's okay to have feelings and emotions and to be upset about stuff like that's okay and I think as long as we're cultivating that within our home lives for our kids then touch wood they won't have to then spend the years that we spent rebuilding and undoing all of all of that stuff Um, yeah no I agree I agree with you there and I really think that like you say, like the home life, what the environment that they spend the most time in is where all of this stuff can grow and flourish and the importance of of good communication and understanding. I think a lot of times, um, certainly in in my experience anyway, how I feel, I mean, I could be totally wrong about this as well. This is just how it comes across to me is that my mom and dad didn't have any understanding or maybe patience for how we felt as kids yeah so you know it was like their way or the highway a lot of the time and we weren't really given that outlet to be you know express ourselves that's how I feel I could have that completely wrong but that's that's the way that it was you know uh, it pressed on me as as a teenager Mm -hmm. and I think it's really important that um, for me the kids here feel like they can talk to me about anything yeah I think that's really crucial being able to have that sounding board yeah as a teenager going through stuff to have that sounding board is really yeah. important and if the... I think if you sorry. don't have that like sorry I think we've both got so much we want to just say yeah but, you know, like, I think if you don't have that that's when the problems occur when you don't have yeah. that outlet for communication because Absolutely. you can't always talk to your friends about this stuff because it's not always cool to talk yeah. about emotions and feelings, yeah. frustrations I think it's really important to to feel like you can talk about anything without someone getting angry at you or judging you or anything like that, where you can literally just offload, say how you feel and just have someone to listen. Like I always say to Max, I am not here to dictate how you live your life. That's not what I'm here for. I'm just here, you know, to look after you, to look out for you and to guide you in the right direction and to help you when you make mistakes yeah to be that person that can be yeah. your shoulder to cry on when you know excuse the french the shit hits the fan yeah because you decided actually you made a you made a wrong choice and now you've got to fix it yeah. but yeah like i'm not going to tell grace how to live her life like yeah she can live her life the way she wants to there are things that we do agree on that make life easier for everybody involved you know we yeah. live in quite a small space so we are on top of each other quite a lot so there's a lot yeah. of 
not so much like rules but things that we do that make everybody to respect each other's boundaries yeah but it is very much a case of I'm just gonna slowly guide you in the right direction yeah and you know but the decisions are are ultimately yours yours yeah I think especially as they come into their teenage life you have to loosen that that hold up I mean obviously Darcy's age if she's running across the road and looking backwards you're gonna pick her up or grab her and make sure she doesn't trip over a curb but I think when they get to their teenage life you have to let them fall flat on their face sometimes because you you have to and I always say this to Max don't worry about messing up because you have to mess up sometimes you have to like I mess up all the time still I still and that's how I learn (laughs) <laughs> no, I still I still make mistakes now. I still yeah. have to go to my mum for advice or yeah. to my mother-in-law for advice. I still have to go to people and be like, what do I do? How yeah. do I, like, how do I, how do I navigate this? this situation? Like yeah. But you know, I think all we can do as far as like helping our kids is just keep that communication open, keep that yeah. transparency keep that positive reinforcement and you know hope that that then flows down for them and through them and through them yeah yeah and hopefully they can take the best pieces of what we've passed on to them and what they've learned and move forward with their own children maybe you know with even better understanding like I keep saying this but I really feel as humans we are on an emotional and kind of spiritual evolutionary path right now and that's why there's so much extra talk about mental health and your emotions and how you feel and that's coming a lot more now into kind of mainstream like we said when we were at school like for you being diagnosed with BPD while you were at school was a bit of a taboo yeah it was it wasn't talked about yeah no nobody really spoke about it like yeah it it wasn't um mental health just wasn't a thing and they didn't really know how they were going to deal with it and how they were going to cope with it and but luckily you know now it is something that people do talk about and there is so much more available resource yeah Um, and that's something we we want to share with people yeah that's what I was going to say that kind of brings on like something to definitely mention is we are going to um detail quite a few like resources that are available for teenagers that feel like they are suffering or struggling or just need someone to talk to because they might not necessarily have that there yeah. are lots of like free available resources so, websites and yeah. yeah we'll make sure that we link all of that in the the description of the description of, of the podcast yeah. 100%. absolutely and as always anybody is more than welcome to um ask us any questions to pop us a message or to get yeah. in touch with us if they want to talk in more detail or have any questions about anything that we've spoken about um yeah. we're always happy to help other people with that 100 like you know i'm not like a professional of any standpoint but you know if you want to talk about teenage parenting and you need someone who's also got a 16 year old that you want to talk to about then that's cool like yeah. you know I don't I don't have any like child psychology degrees or anything no like me that. neither I just have life experience and yeah you know, if there is anything like that then then yeah you know we're always available to talk about things that's kind of what this podcast is all about is just being yeah just sharing our experiences yeah find a platform that we can talk about things we have experienced and yeah hopefully you know give give a voice to somebody else yeah yeah and help others in doing so exactly